This is Tova from Operation Tube Top, and hello Wednesday night. It's Wednesday, isn't it? Yes, it is. I made it through the day. I am exhausted. I uh, It's my own fault. I like to have a good time out with people. Anyway, so if I sound a little scratchy, it's from exhaustion. Uh, this morning, I actually did a podcast interview with one of the co-owners of Supercycle. It's a spinning place that I've been going to. And I'm going to be posting that more in, I think, at the beginning of January because, um, yeah, motivation, sport, getting back into it. I think uh, everyone's just deciding to eat themselves into a coma for the next few days, so we're going to wait to post that one. We, me, I will. So let's see what is new. We are almost at Christmas. It is uh, the 21st of December. I cannot believe how fast this month has kind of gone by. And tomorrow's my last day of work, and then I have just over a week off, which is so, so needed. I cannot wait. I'm going to catch up with some friends. I'm going to be recording some more podcast uh, episodes. And, uh, yeah, kind of go back to just being able to take naps once in a while. I'm very, very excited. It has been quite a year. Um, let's see. What's new? Last Friday, I went out for a wonderful Bulgarian dinner. It was a friend's birthday. She's Bulgarian, and she wanted to take us out to a place called Sofia, and uh, holy moly was that a lot of food. Uh, I think we were six women, and we ate so much meat. They had also great salads. I'd never had Bulgarian food before, but I'm a fan, and it's kind of a mixture of, I guess, almost like Greek and Russian, and uh, really fantastic, and a lovely place, and the thing that was so funny was that uh, when you walk in, it looks a little sketch. You're like, okay, there's maybe money laundering going on. But it filled up super quickly. There were um, a lot of English speakers in there that was quite funny. And a lot of people in their 30s. And I was like, is this where people hang out on Friday nights in Vienna? In their 30s? All right. Um, so that was a lot of fun. kind of had to run home after that because it was so full. Uh, Saturday morning was our special Santa morning at the Hard Rock Cafe for kids with special needs. Now, we did this last year. And this year, about two days before the event, there was mega drama. I, uh, I won't go into it as I said last time, but there was mega drama, but it all worked out. Uh, then the event was starting at nine 30. The kid, the husband and I were on the tram heading there. And, uh, suddenly I got a message from the marketing woman there who I'm friends with. And she's like, Oh, the Santa hasn't shown up. He was supposed to be here 15 minutes ago. And I was like, I'm going to have an aneurysm. I cannot take this right now. Uh, but all turned out uh, perfectly. We had about 13 kids, I think, in the end, and their families. And it's just, it's always this thing that I just think is, it's incredible to see how happy and comfortable the kids are. It speaks so highly of the Hard Rocks Cafe staff. They just are so calm and easygoing. Nobody, you know, turns their head sharply if a kid's making noise or stimming. It was really incredible, and I, uh, I consider myself incredibly lucky to have that opportunity. And our Santa Claus was amazing. He was a friend of a friend. 
um, Santos from Dublin. And uh, he did an amazing job. He was so calm and great with the kids. My son went up and touched his hand and his beard a couple of times. Uh, last year he sat on Santa's lap, but this year I think he's a little bit more cautious. But it was incredible. Like all the kids went up and there wasn't crying and there wasn't freaking out. It was just a really wonderful morning. So I'm so grateful for the Hard Rock Cafe for doing that. We are also going to be doing one again next year as well as another Easter Bunny. So I think you guys know that Hard Rock Cafe and their organization, Hard Rock Heels, was kind of um, helping me out this year. And they had done some fundraising. So Saturday morning, I finally got the check. And it was amazing. I've always dreamt about holding a big check. <laughs> I guess, you know, certain things you imagine your life to be kind of <laughs> dreams do come true. So I ended up getting just over 4,000 euros which is a huge amount of money and it's a huge help. Uh, I did not reach my um, goal of the money I need. I need 50,000 for us to kind of get a location, but I've decided that the money that I have now, I'm going to start using it a little bit more to do more events and try to um, kind of uh, make Autism in Vienna the primary place for uh, family support. So 2018 is going to be pretty exciting and again, pretty exhausting, but I feel really confident uh that 2018 we will get a location i i'm gonna have to believe it it's going to happen so positive thinking so again huge thank you to the hard rock cafe uh for this past year they have chosen another very worthy cause to support next year so um it was a great year and thanks again it was so so needed and the thing that's great is a couple of parents have written me and said well, we now go to Hard Rock Cafe uh, quite often with our kid. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So it was such a positive experience. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so tired. I'm so tired, but I'm so happy. And I wasn't able to take the big check home with me. I was looking forward to taking that on the Ubon. I guess they can like erase the number, but uh, I think the money's going to be deposited sometime this week. Because I always wondered what people would do with the big check. Like, do you go to the bank? And you're like, I'd like to cash this, please. So no, it's just for show. So... After that, I, um, oh yeah, by the way, totally side note, I will be posting the GoFundMe link again, uh, in the comments of this podcast. So, so many of my friends have already donated and have been so incredibly generous. So do not feel like you have to give money again, cause you have been awesome. Uh, but if you know of anybody and you want to share the link, please go ahead. Even five euros helps. It all helps. Every single cent helps. And I haven't really dipped into it yet because I was trying to save as much as possible. But as I said before, we're going to definitely start using a little bit of the money because it's it's time and we just have to get get the ball rolling and try to do as much as we can in the city. Uh, so after that, I headed back home and then I just kind of uh, was on the sofa being like, I'm so tired. <laughs> and uh very excited about the money, but also kind of it's that, that uh, I guess, post-exciting moment where you're just kind of drained. And then in the afternoon, <clears throat> I headed to, uh, is it, oh gosh, Grosse Bea. It's a jewelry store in the first district. They have really fabulous stuff. I highly recommend that jewelry store. Uh, I, at this point, can't afford it, but they have these seahorse the seahorse necklace that I just fell in love with they have it on the wall and they also have um kind of a horse hair bracelets that are super neat I drop by and it's in a beautiful little courtyard and a friend of mine he's the one who organizes the science ball Oliver Lehman he does this uh, annual punch kind of glue vine drinking in the courtyard and um this year he combined it with my friend Lily Pan's poster signing because she created the poster for the science ball. It's a fabulous poster. Please check out the science ball, um, Facebook page. Cause you'll see the poster there and she's an incredibly 
talented graphic artist. She also did the the logo for Autism Vienna Beacon Beach House. So definitely check out uh, her poster. So there was a poster signing. So I showed up around, I think, five, five-ish. And then uh, another friend of mine, Gio, showed up as well. So it was funny. It was kind of like three Canadians in a courtyard drinking glue wine. I uh, talked to a couple of people, and it was just so Christmassy and perfect, and I, I just, that's what I love about Vienna, uh, outdoor drinking. So then afterwards, I was going to a friend's uh, kind of Christmas get-together, so my friend Gia and I were on our way, and then I was like, we probably should eat, and I should eat, because if I don't eat, I'm not going to eat, and I'll drink, and I'll be exhausted the next day. So we checked out this new pizzeria, because it's right beside our friend's place, called Pizza Randale. It's kind of this hipster place that serves, I was going to say Nepalese pizza, um, Napoli-style pizza. And it was actually quite good. We got a seat. We just had a quick, quick uh, pizza there. And, of course, I ate the whole thing. And then we went to our friend's place, and she has this lovely apartment, and she's a very talented musician, talented piano player. And G and I talked about this last night, but when we walked in, we were like, God, or schleppy, because <laughs> we had all these gorgeous performers and people who were just so statuesque and ethereal and gorgeous and poised, and we're all like, "No, yeah, we just had pizza. Oh, look, brownies. And I was wearing this, like, little kind of star tiara, and I was like, God, I, look, I'm wearing leggings and stretchy clothes, and across from me is a woman who's seven months pregnant who looks like Andy McDowell. Um, so we laughed about that last night, because we were like, we couldn't stop staring at this one woman who was just perfection and she's an opera singer so that was a really actually fun 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 evening and I didn't stay late because I was like I can't do another um, weekend of exhaustion so I headed home I got home around 9 30 and then crawled into bed and uh, it was it was perfect I have this thing that I put on my pajamas and I crawl into bed and I listen to a podcast and it's just for me my happy quiet place um, so of course the kid woke up at six in the morning. He was a little bit grumpy and the husband wasn't feeling well. I had been invited to a brunch. Unfortunately, I couldn't attend because the husband wasn't feeling well. The kid was grumpy and I was like, no, I should stick around for this. Uh, decided I would bake some cookies. So I made some chocolate, uh, or oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, never raisin. It's not nature's candy. And, uh, I thought I'd be, you know, very, uh, perfect domestic goddess and serve my child homemade oatmeal cookies and I bring them to him and they're warm and they're heavenly and he <laughs> looks at the plate puts his hand and just pushes the plate back at me and I was like you, you all right I, I tried and then he reached for an apple and I'm like what is wrong with me why am I forcing sugar on my child when he wants an apple uh parenting uh, yeah, I did some laundry and then I had to quickly stop by a friend's place and we had a little bit of bubbly and we chatted for a little bit and then of course back home ordered some pizza as always on a Sunday. That's going to change in 2018 and uh, I was in bed by 8.30 because I was just exhausted from the weekend. Uh, let's see Christmas things because I have my Christmas challenge. I still have a few more to complete so I don't know if I'll get them all done but I'm pretty close to completing it. I'm going to the Rathaus tomorrow afternoon because the husband and I are going to buy ornaments like we do every year. We left it really late this year. It was the only time we could kind of squeeze in. We have an hour to meet, make a decision, and then I'm meeting a friend for dinner, my friend Lucy. Uh, we have this kind of tradition that we meet just before Christmas, and we have dinner, and we exchange gifts. So I'm looking very much forward to that. We'll be at the Cancionetta La Norma in the first district because I do love that place. Um, what movies have I watched that are Christmas based? So I watched Home Alone 2 the other day 
And I love Home Alone 1 and 2. I think they're great films. I had no idea it was John Hughes, and I should have known that. Uh, Home Alone 2, I will never forget watching it the first time. It was actually with my mom. And we were staying in a hotel, I think, in Ottawa. I think it was like a special treat that we'd stay. This is why I love staying at hotels. It's, I associate it with treats. Uh, we stayed in, I think, the Weston Hotel in Ottawa for a night. And we got a pay for TV movie, and we watched Home Alone 2. And, of course, you got the plaza. And when I was in New York a couple of years ago, I had to walk by the plaza and be like, oh, yeah. Um, this is, this is it. Um, it's a, it's actually a great film. It's obviously not realistic. And when you see these criminals falling down steps, you're like, Oh God, that looks so incredibly painful. You should be dead. Um, I feel that my goal in life is to be in a limousine drinking, um, a Coke and, uh, well, probably wine and having a cheese pizza. I, I feel like that's going to be my, my ultimate Kevin McAllister moment. Um, also in the film, Tim Curry's in it and he's just, he's the most incredible actor. I, I, I think he's incredible. I think he made that film. So that's my little love for Tim Curry. Uh, I also came to the realization that I think I'm the same age as the pigeon lady in it. And that was pretty shocking. When I posted about it on Facebook, a friend of mine was like, yeah, Princess Diana was younger than us when she died. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, I cannot deal with this. It's blowing my mind. It makes me terrified. I still feel like I'm 22. Um, I don't feel it, but I think I'm 22. So this is always just a horrible thing to realize uh, how fast time is going by and aging. Um, I also watched Scrooged, which is pretty much one of my most favorite uh, Christmas movies because Bill Murray is a national god and please, please, no sexual harassment stories coming out about him. Don't take him away from me. Sorry, I just have a sip of water. Um, Bill Murray is everything and this film is one of the best Christmas films. And of course, I feel very connected to it. Uh, even though I've seen it every year since I was, I think, eight. Um, well, no, maybe I was... 10 or 11, uh, the little boy who doesn't speak, the tiny Tim character. And, uh, I like to think that maybe there's a miracle one day and my kid will have that moment. He'll say, God bless us everyone. Or he'll say something like mommy really drinks a lot of, uh, purple drink. So then what else is new? Um, so, oh yeah, last night, so this is why I'm tired. Uh, last night, finished work. I met a friend for a quick drink and then I headed out to my friend Ariane's place for dinner she was hosting a ladies' night for Christmas, and it was uh, nine ladies were invited. I didn't know most of the women, and it actually was such a lovely group of people. We were Austrians and Canadians and a Russian, and it was just so nice, and there was so much laughter, and there was just so much um, happiness. I have to say, like I always love when a group of really interesting, dynamic and lovely women get together and just all get along. And there was just so much laughter. And uh, it was a really special night. And uh, Ariane made this amazing meal. There was a kind of a carrot soup, which was a carrot lentil soup, which I have to get the recipe for, out of this world. And then we had beef wellington. I actually ate mashed potatoes. I don't like mashed potatoes, but I ate her mashed potatoes. So that is uh, that was totally being a big, big girl. It was actually very good. And then amazing dessert. There was like some maple thing and then a chocolate log. There was lots of alcohol and the evening went on for a very long time for a weeknight, a school night. 
I don't think I got home until about 1130 and, but it was just such an incredible night. And when we walked out of the apartment at the end of dinner, uh, heading to the taxi stand, it just started to snow. And I was like, Oh, this is my Christmas moment. I love this so much. So, um, even though I'm exhausted today, going on about five hours of sleep, totally worth it. It was absolutely, um, absolutely worth it. Such a great night. So thank you very much, Ariane, for that lovely, uh, evening, even though I'm still tired. <laughs> um, so I'm going to now tell you all a story that I most likely have blogged about before because I can't imagine I wouldn't have. Uh, but this is my favorite Christmas story from my ute. And this is called the Christmas that I died. So the, the Christmas that Tova flatlined. And if my parents are listening, which I think they are, they like to bring it up quite often because it's, it's, I think it's pretty indicative of, uh, my family and the fact that I'm a middle child, <laughs> not bitter. So let's go back in time, gather around children as I tell you this story. Back in, I believe it was 1995 or 94, I think I was about 13 or 14. No, I was about 14, 15 because we were living on Kalen Bickerstrasson's house. And Christmas holidays had just started at school. Of course, I ate way too much chocolate because I had no self-control. And my sister was flying in from university. I hadn't seen her in I think five months and she's seven years older and of course I was excited to see her but there's always sibling rivalry and a little bit of jealousy because she can be the favorite sometimes and you know we have dinner and I start to say you know my stomach really hurts I'm not feeling well and my mom's like well you ate too much chocolate go to bed and then I come back up a little bit a uh, while later and I'm like no it really really hurts like I'm not feeling well and my mom was like okay well there's no space because my room was in the basement just to let you all know uh, and there was a guest bedroom upstairs, my brother's room and my parents' room. And my mom was like, well, why don't you sleep on the floor outside of our room for the night? So yeah, parents. So I did end up sleeping outside their room that night cause, uh, I really wasn't feeling well. And then the next day I felt a little bit better in the morning and my mom was like, here's some money, go with your sister, go get some pizza, do some shopping. And, uh, she got home around, I think three or four. And my sister had gone out and I just wasn't up for it. And she was at that moment like, you didn't go for pizza. I'm going to call the doctor. And yeah, so if I don't have pizza, we know it's serious. So she called the doctor. He was luckily able to fit me in. I'm pretty sure it was like the 21st, 22nd of December. And show up at this kind of pediatrician in Putzeinsdorf. And oh, I think his name is Schilling. Schilling. I can't really remember. And he uh, takes out a thermometer and I open my mouth. He's like, no, 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 not there. And I was like, what? I was 14. It's humiliating. Awful. Because apparently the method to tell besides pressing down on your appendix and someone screaming, one way to tell if you have appendicitis is that there's a degree of difference between your ass temperature and your mouth temperature. So you're welcome. I hope you enjoy that information. So, um, <laughs> He was like, I think she has appendicitis. And I was like, no shit. I just jumped three feet in the air when you pressed down on my stomach. And he called his surgeon. And this is the great thing about private insurance here in Austria is, you know, money talks. And uh, he made an appointment. And then we go back home, pack some stuff. And my mom's like to my dad, like, Joe, well, don't take the car. I mean, parking's really expensive. So you guys can take the Ubon. <laughs> I know I'm being very bad uh, in the way I'm telling the story. I uh, just like it for the dramatics. So then uh, my dad and I go to Heiligenstadt and we're heading towards the U-Bahn because we have to head I think, to the 8th or 9th district of the private hospital. 
and we see my sister who's going back from shopping and she's like, where are you guys going? And I'm like, oh, I have appendicitis. I'm heading to the surgeon now to uh, get it taken out. And she thinks I'm joking. So she goes and she punches me straight in the stomach. Uh, <laughs> my family. Uh, boy, did she feel bad. So uh, we get to the hospital, meet with the surgeon. He's like, yeah, it's going to have to come out tonight. And I don't really remember the whole lead up to it, but pretty much I'm being um, put under. And then all I remember is the next morning, kind of waking up really early in the morning. And my dad was in the bed uh, in the room on the other side. I guess he'd spent the night because what I didn't realize is that um, after the surgery, so I, they had just sewn me up. And the doctor came out super excited because he had never seen an appendix like mine. Apparently it was a weird shape. It was kind of in the wrong place in my body. It was all very exciting and it was about to burst. There was like this big bubble. So he thought my parents would be really interested in that. And I'm like, neither one of them have ever been to medical school. Don't like blood, but sure, you can show it. So as he's showing them uh, my appendix that he's taken out of me, um, I convulse and then I flatline <laughs> and they can see it. <laughs> I'm like... You can't, you just can't, um, most perfect moment. So I flatlined for, uh, I think probably 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Of course, my mom is freaking out. Everybody's freaking out and then starts to beep again and I'm fine. So best Christmas ever. The presents I got <laughs> was out of this world. I do have to say it sucked being in a, it sucked being in a hospital over Christmas. I was miserable. Um, but I did get an incredible amount of gifts. So, um, yeah, that was the Christmas that I almost died or did die and, uh, nobody believed me. <laughs> so we bring it up. And then the best part, which I didn't mention is that the night before, um, I, I had my surgery, uh, my, we were all watching this film called coma, which is with Michael Douglas, a very young Michael Douglas. And pretty much in this film, people go in for routine procedures and then, are put into comas and then they're like, I think their organs are being harvested. And there was a room, I think it was room 13 or something where people would go into and then like never wake up again. And I think the room I was staying in had a similar number. So we always talk about coma. So it was a very, uh, that's just an insight into my wonderful family and how, um, something always exciting has to happen. So that was, that was my big dramatic Christmas. I think my sister had maybe scarlet fever one Christmas as well. I'm not quite sure that we've all had something. Oh, my brother had a huge, I think lump on his neck at some point. Uh, who knows? We, we liked, we like to, um, we like attention. This is what we like. So, uh, my favorite story. So quickly, you know, I've got a few more minutes to talk and then I'm going to end this podcast and this is going to be the last episode, um, until after Christmas. So, um, I thought I'd talk a little bit about, Austrian traditions for Christmas because I was going to do a whole episode about this, but I got uh, busy as always. So Austrian tradition for Christmas, as I mentioned before, you have uh, the Christkind where I'm very confused. Is, is this a teenage girl or a baby Jesus? Why is it supposed to be baby Jesus and not? And like, why do they represent it as a teenage girl? Well, I have asked many Austrians and they've never been able to answer me. I finally got a decent answer at this Christmas party I was at last Saturday by this very incredibly beautiful Andy McDowell lookalike pregnant woman who's Austrian. And she said to me, she's like, hmm, I never really thought about it, but I guess it was too difficult to find a baby to play the role of the Christkind 
um, for pageants and for, you know, um, events. So they just decided to, to make it an angel. And I was like, huh, that is the most logical thing. Thank you. That makes sense. Um, so thank you to you for, and I even said, I was like, finally, someone who's making sense. Okay. I can accept that. It was just all about casting. Um, totally makes sense to me now. So thank you for that. So Speaking of the Kriskin, so really the tradition here is people don't usually put their Christmas trees up until December 24th. I think one of the reasons is that uh, tree stands where you put water in are not big here. I think the other reason is because uh, what happens is the kids are in another room, living room door is closed, a bell is rung on the 24th, and the kids walk in, and the Kriskins, the Christ child, has decorated the tree, and there's candles, and also... I, I know that they only do this once or twice. They don't keep lighting the candles every night because you'd have a lot more fires in Vienna, but it still doesn't make sense that you're pretty much lighting a candle on something that could go up in flames in a second. But that's not my tradition, so I cannot judge that. Uh, I'm sure it's gorgeous. Um, but the idea is on the 24th that you come, kids walk in when they hear the bell and they see that the Christian has brought presents and has decorated the tree. And uh, it's not so traditional anymore that, that people do that. People want to have the tree up earlier. So you'll see, I mean, we can see into people's windows, we can see Christmas trees. Uh, so people don't always do that. But I think the Christian still does bring presents. Uh, sorry, I'm going to cough. <clears throat> also on Christmas Eve, that's kind of the big uh, church night. So people don't have a big Christmas meal on Christmas Eve. It's uh, fish or cold meats. It's kind of a mixture. I mean, everyone has their own family traditions and people do soup, but the majority of people don't do a heavy meal because they go to church, like a midnight mass or a little bit before. And I think one of my favorite stories is from my friend Lucy, who is an atheist. And I think her first Christmas is being married. She went to her husband's, uh, town and of course, after Christmas Eve dinner, they all went to church and she was like, I don't want to go to church. I don't believe in this. I'm not religious. And um, a church statue fell on her during the service. And <laughs> she was like, if you needed any more proof, there it was. So uh, it always makes me laugh to think about her Christmas Eve, her in-laws. So you go to church and then you open presents when you get back home. I can't even imagine the kid being up that late, but it could happen. And then the next morning or the next day, it's kind of just a casual day. I don't think you visit that much with family. Maybe you stop by and visit Oma. You just, it's not a big feast day. Of course, things are changing. You know, there's much more um, mixtures of cultures, but for the most part, the 24th in the evening is the big show, even though it's not the big meal, but it's the big show. 25th, I think is more of a low-key day. And then the 26th is Boxing Day for us English speakers, but here at Stefanstag. And that's quite often popular to do a really big uh, lunch with your family and people are cooking. And it's also a public holiday, so you don't have Boxing Day specials. You This is why everybody on this Saturday is going to be in every grocery store preparing for the apocalypse, which means that the grocery stores are going to be closed three days in a row and we're all going to die. So uh, I've already stopped, started my grocery shopping um, over this last couple of days because I have to plan uh, because otherwise you're screwed. Nothing's open. So that's pretty much the Austrian tradition uh, when it comes to Christmas. And I will do a podcast before New Year's Eve because I'll talk about New Year's tradition because it's kind of cool. Um, so pretty much mm, tradition for me, as I've mentioned so many times, is that on the 24th, we go to the in-laws and we have some dinner. We do presents. 
and then we head back home, and usually the husband and I just watch some TV, kids in bed. The 25th, I like to make German oven pancakes, which is something my mom would always make on Christmas Day, and eat that. And then for dinner, generally uh, we have cheese fondue, kids not interested, and then we do presents, and I like to do open presents when it's dark. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think it'll be a lot of fun. As I had posted on Facebook, I was trying to help the husband out because he hasn't done his Christmas shopping yet. <clears throat> and uh, I have a lot of stuff. I'm very, I'm very happy with what I have, uh, but I want to change up my look a little bit. So I've been doing a little bit of kind of shopping for a, a different look. I'm, I'm, I've been living in leggings and I've haven't embraced uncomfortableness for a long time. I think 2018 is going to be a bit about the year of dressing uh, uncomfortably, like looking nice and being uncomfortable. I think I need a little bit of discomfort um, in my wear. So I've decided to go for a more 1960s vintage look because it's kind of my one of my favorite eras, um, not for women's rights, obviously. And so I kind of asked people for suggestions on Facebook about what stores to check out. And then I sent the husband a list of places and I gave him the keywords, uh, Joan from Mad Men. And let's see what happens. I'm kind of excited. He seemed happy with that tip. I think he seemed happy because he thinks that woman is incredibly hot. Um, and I get it because I do too. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how Christmas will be. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I hope you guys all have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, yesterday was the last night of Hanukkah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to... Uh, celebrate that, but uh, it was a nice, a nice eight nights. <laughs> Everything's been good. I hope you all get to spend time with your family, or at least talk to them, and you know, eat eat until you're in a food coma, because New Year's Eve is around the corner. It's all about resolutions or not. Up to you. I'm not going to force you to do that. Um, yeah. Thanks again for listening. This has been, uh, I guess, four months of the podcast, and I have over 1,400 downloads, so that's been amazing. Thank you, everybody who's tuned in to listen. It's been uh, a really fun new medium to try out. So again, uh, shares are always appreciated, and likes are always wanted. So thanks again for uh, taking the time and to listen to my absolutely nutso life. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, and as I always say, toodles.